James Johnson, it is so wonderful to have you here on Hemp Barons today, brother. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Man, it's an honor. You have basically taken the the Arc Latex in Oklahoma and, and Alabama hemp scene by storm since getting involved in hemp, or as I like to say, being bit by the hemp bug. Yep. Now, you come to hemp from the Air Force, brother. To try to lay it out for the listeners here. How did we end up, uh, this plant, this crop, getting the attention of just a fireball like you? <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I served on active duty for 21 years and I retired in 2016. And prior to retirement, I, I had no involvement, you know, whatsoever. Um, I started off my career as a medical laboratory technician. Then uh, I left there and I was a drill sergeant for five years, uh, for, you know, formerly known as a military training instructor. Um, then I came back medical for four. And then about my last six and a half years, I cross trained to be a flight engineer on C-130 aircraft. And those were some amazing experiences, some amazing times. And and I learned a lot about myself more so uh, than my limitations, you know, throughout my career, learning how to push past certain things and learning to go on and continue, you know, to total line no matter what. And when I retired, I, I actually missed a lot of that. I missed, you know, the ability to help people and have a, a positive impact. Um, on, on lives. Um, you know, I have certain things, certain battles, certain demons that I face myself. Um, but, you know, I had a friend of mine who wanted to put together an organization to help farmers figure out how to get the permits in Oklahoma to be able to grow hemp because the Department of Agriculture wanted people to grow it. Um, farmers wanted to grow it, but there was nobody in the middle to really help them figure out the paperwork process. So he said, I need somebody to have my back throughout this process. As soon as he said the words, have my back, I was back in the saddle and in the game. And, and I just first want to say thank you for your service, number one. No, thank you. No, oh, brother. Number two, you were in charge of some pretty heady stuff. When we're talking about engineering and aviation, we're talking about medical compliance and laboratories. Yes, ma'am. So your experience, in addition, of course, to being deployed, and I, I think it's not a, a, a far jump, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, that those deployments have or what have led to one of those demons of which you of which you just spoke, brother. Um, yeah. The subject matter of the of the areas and aspects of the Air Force, everything from medical to aviation itself, that you were put in charge with, is some very very heady stuff. And uh, this oversimplification or this misguided oversimplification of hemp um, can be a problem. And so, what an incredible nexus uh, that your buddy who uh, not only knew that you had this uh, capability and of experience to navigate through some pretty complex areas of, of law and compliance and see around some corners, um, but that you were also looking for purpose in your life again. And he said, I need you to have my back. Take it from there. And that's what that's what got me, excuse my friends, but that's what got me off my ass and in the game yeah. uh, was helping him you know, put that organization together. Uh, his name is Tom Jenkins, by the way. Tom is a wonderful man. I, I love Tom dearly. Um, he's still, you know, doing wonderful things there, you know, in Oklahoma. Um, but, you know, that just kind of, you know, led me down a path. And and one of the things, you know, that, uh, you know, I try to be pretty open about it now. It was something I didn't talk a lot about at first. But uh, my mom was the one who really led me to CBD because my mother suffers or she suffered from some issues with anxiety and depression and things of that nature. And, you know, just like I do, you know, once you start taking those opioids and you're on certain medications, they work for a little while, 
but then you got to up the dosage to get the same result or either switch medications. And then it takes another six to eight weeks for the meds to kick in and whatnot. And, you know, all that's fine and dandy until you're halfway around the world deployed and you call home just to talk to mama and you hear the depression and the anxiety in her voice and you want to do something to help, but you can't be there because you're, you're halfway around the world. You're serving, you know. So when I retired, uh, you know, still would call home, check on my mom. I would hear that. And one day I kind of shared some things with him. And Tom said, man, he in his country voice, have you ever thought about trying your mom on CBD? You know, wow. and uh, I was like, no, actually, I hadn't. So he actually gave me uh, a bottle to send to her. And within a matter of days, I could tell a difference in her voice. Um, and I noticed also that she was not having those 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 setbacks, you know, from time to time as time went on, you know, days turned into weeks, turned into months. She wouldn't have any setbacks or whatever the case may be. You know, she was doing well. Uh, I kept her on a CBD regimen, you know, all along. And there it's been two plus years now. My mother hasn't had you know, one setback because I've got her on some real good uh, top quality stuff by one of the best, uh, you know, companies that pr- produce products in the industry. Shout out to my buddy, Ryan Early of American Wholesale Hemp, Cantech Labs. He's the owner. He's the reason I got my mother back. And there are a lot of people who don't, you know, there, there are people who have certain things to say about CBD or about my friend, you know, Ryan, and I consider him a friend and I will, I will stand up for him, you know, tooth and nail day in and day out because he gave me my mom back. You know? wow. and, and seeing how that went, it gave me the courage to try CBD myself for PTSD. Um, and I started having good results, but what I noticed was my back stopped hurting as much, mm. you know, I, you know, suffer from a lot of back issues and a lot of back pain. So I took it originally to help with PTSD. As a side effect or a side result, my back stopped hurting and I started to, you know, feel better. And I, and I still have, you know, my days, but my quality of life has been much better. Um, and, you know, let's just say uh, the VA meds don't always agree with me and I don't always agree with them. But my life is amazing right now because of that one simple substitution that I made. And I, I, I will not turn back. I won't go back. Wow. And so obviously, not only have you had a a life changing and just tremendous quality of life uh, experience through uh, cannabidiol and and hemp extract, and clearly as your mother has, um, but it has also inspired and it sounds like galvanized your resolve to be a part of the responsible stewardship um, of the reemergence of this crop, coupled with your obvious affinity and respect and, and frankly, protective spirit for our farmers, um, without whom uh, we would all be dead. That and the top six inches of soil and rainfall. So start to take us through a little bit how you began to then help navigate the application system for farmers um, who wanted to add hemp into their rotation or or new folks who had never tried farming at all decided, you know what, I'm going to get into farming and the hemp's going to be my my jam. Um, and so they started to apply for the permits in in Oklahoma. How uh, and the things that you started to learn through that process and, and evolved from there, brother. Yeah. So it was kind of crazy because when the when the rules and regulations, you know, came out, um, I want to say it was uh, I want to say I can't think of it because I'm on the spot now. I can't. 2913. (laughs) It was it was House Bill 2913, I believe, was the bill that actually passed. And when that bill passed, we didn't have anybody that sat down and explained it to us. 
we had to sit down with that just like everybody else and read through and figure out line by line what it took for people to be able to apply. So once we figured out what needed to happen for farmers to apply, we started to send that information out to farmers and see if any farmers wanted to participate. But what we found out, there were a lot of farmers that wanted to participate, but they still thought that hemp was the devil's lettuce. Yes. You know? Uh, so, you know, we, we, there was a big education piece that took place and I had to put together, you know, curriculum or documentation to prove to them that, you know, it's not the devil, let the devil's lettuce. It's not going to get you high. You can smoke a telephone pole of hemp and, <laughs> and you won't get high, you know? So that's, you know, so not only did we have to figure out the rules and regulations, we had to figure out a way to the, convey this message to these farmers to make them comfortable enough to grow this crop versus so many crops that they've gone that they've grown excuse me that they've grown you know for so many years so that led to me getting out going to farmers living rooms sitting there talking with them explaining the 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 application process to them explaining why the crop is good for you and the thing that that was you know that was unique was we started this process because we thought, and, I, and I'm sure we'll transition into these broker jokers at some point during this interview, mm-hmm. but we initially thought we had someone who wanted to buy 400,000 acres of fiber. Mm. So that's where I got my start was helping these farmers figure out the process to plant fiber, not for CBD, it was for fiber. So those are my roots. That's how I got started, you know, trying to figure out the thing from the industrial standpoint. Well, come to find out, you know, after we collected, you know, paperwork for 200,000 acres, 200,000, Joy, not 200, 200,000 acres worth of paperwork to be able to turn in and get permits, this buyer dropped off the face of the planet. I'm so sorry. I mean, I and laughing is not even kind of an appropriate way for me to respond to that. I guess I was just <laughs> waiting for that shoe to drop because yeah. it is not an unfamiliar story and it's not a story that's unfamiliar in other countries. I mean, when, when Canada started to regulate in 1998 the crop with federal crop insurance, believe me, though, the fiber guys were, oh, please grow all this fiber. And the poor Canadians in that first year did. They grew a bunch of fiber and it sat there and they ate that fiber plant because there was no infrastructure to process that fiber. Um, so, but what a valuable lesson, what a valuable lesson. And, and that right there solidified for me, not on my watch. Amen. So from that point forward, anybody who approached me saying, oh, well, I, we need this done, that, whatever. Well, hold on slick. We need to talk about some stuff first. I need to see your SOP for what you're wanting to grow. I need to see what you want to pay these farmers. You will show me all of this stuff before I even send out a freaking Facebook message about what opportunity you have. But I really don't care about your opportunity because I don't know you. I don't know you and I'm going to protect these farmers. And I don't care if you don't like it. I'm going to protect these farmers, period. That's it. you know. So because that didn't work out on the fiber side and we still wanted to make some things happen for farmers, we started entertaining, you know, helping them plant for CBD. Well, I had just learned all about fiber. Now I got to go learn about CBD, you know, mm. and, and spend on that. So I have equal passions on both sides of the fence. And one of those passions actually led me to be co-owner of my own CBD brand. We have a formulation. It's called Active Duty RX. And anybody who's interested can go to ActiveDutyRx.com uh, and look up the products, you know, themselves. So I have equal passions 
on both sides simply because there is no front line right now in the cannabis space. And there are those of us like you and I who have to physically go pick up a stick and draw the line in the sand and dare anybody to come across it because there's nobody that's actually really doing that right now in this space. So, um, you know, I will do that. I will carry that torch, you know, for as long as I need to until the proper rules and regulations are in place. And I will continue to make valuable connections for farmers with legitimate people who want to, uh, you know, to buy their crops. And I hate to use the term broker because I don't consider myself a broker at all. My life does not depend one way or another if I do a deal or not. My life is not set up like that. Uh, I've been blessed to have, you know, certain benefits from the military. So my life is really good. I, I don't consider myself a broker at all. And because I'm not a broker, I don't take any uh, fecal matter, you know, off of anyone <laughs> when it comes to what they want to, what they want to get done. I care about the farmer. And if your best interest is not for that farmer, then you and I are done dealing period. There's nothing else that we can talk about. Cause I don't, I don't care about your sales pitch. That first line of defense. I'm the honey badger. Yeah, you're the honey badger. You are the honey badger, brother. Let me tell you, after spending just a couple hours with you, and I was blessed to be able to spend a whole day with you. And that was so awesome to meet you. I mean, that was such a good time. Oh, uh, I can't wait to get back. I mean, I, I just can't wait to get back. But after two hours with you, brother, and I and I got calm gentleman James for those two hours, but I still knew that was the honey badger I was talking to. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, that first line of defense, again, is so important. The farmers, traditionally, the processors and the manufacturers and then the retail people make out for what the blood, sweat, tears, land, generations um, of the farmer has sacrificed so that that product can be put on a shelf. And, and I am also determined uh, for hemp to be the crop that changes that dynamic and changes that calculus finally first and and for all because uh, our farmers need to win here and so yep. you're really just such a such an um asset to their to their defense brother you have now crept into some other states here let's talk about that evolution yeah so i've been kind of you know doing a few things uh i'm i'm no i'm no stranger to travel you know, being in the military for so long and part of my, you know, unique experiences in the military, I actually, you know, was involved in network marketing for many years, you know, while I was in the military. So I'm no stranger to going out and talking about people, not talking about people, but, uh, but talking to people, yeah. you know, about different opportunities and different things. So I'm thankful for that experience. Now I am no longer in network marketing. I don't do it. I, I just don't, I, I don't, my mental space is, totally occupied now. Um, but what I, when, when I was doing what I was doing in Oklahoma, the funny thing was I started a, a private Facebook group for farmers in Oklahoma. Well, people in other states kind of started hearing about what I was doing and a friend would invite a friend to my Oklahoma page. Next thing I know, I've got people in Texas hitting me up saying, hey, we like the information that you're putting out. We wish we had something like this in our state. No problem. I started one for Texas. Then I would have people from Arkansas that would hit me up saying the same thing. So I started one for Arkansas. Then I had that happen again and I started one for Alabama. Started one for Mississippi, South Dakota, Florida, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Missouri. I have like 10 of these things now, you know? And, um, 
you know, I post, you know, different information on different pages as it's applicable, you know, to those states. Um, I do, you know, since we live in COVID times, uh, initially, you know, I was trying to get out and visit people, you know, in different states and doing different Hemp 101 seminars, because that's what I call it is a Hemp 101 seminar. But, you know, with COVID times and me wanting to be able to get out, you know, and reach people. And once again, having that network marketing experience, I already knew about Zoom, you know, so I started putting Zoom calls together you know, bringing people from different states together to receive this one message. Um, and now it's to the point to where there's over like 1,500 farmers, you know, on these pages. And um, and I still continue to stay true, you know, to that message. They're private. You can't find them, you know, unless you're invited by somebody who's already in the cool kids club. Because in all honesty, I don't feel like dealing with everybody. I don't want to deal with the snakes and the crooks and the, oh, well, you should come check this. No, I, I'm not doing that. Sorry. You know, so I, I have a really cool network that I love to grow, but it's going to grow internal and it's going to grow organically the way it should be versus a bunch of snakes and vultures trying to come in and just trying to, you know, capitalize or monopolize on the backs of these people that are already having a hard time, that are already robbing Peter to pay Paul to make the next crop work. And you're going to come and try to do something snaky to these people. Not on my watch. I'm just not going to let it happen. So, um, you know, I continue to grow these groups and I have no problems with, you know, growing them from other states. You know, as people reach out, I will put, you know, applicable information out there, you know, for certain states, you know, to help everyone and just better the, the, the quality of life for the farmer. Because here's here's what I've realized. I've realized that I'm just one person. I'm one person who tries to make a difference. But me, myself, going to try to lobby on on Capitol Hill or or, Senate or or whatever, you know, that is that is small, in my opinion. Where you get the most bang for your buck is when you have that farmer who's sitting in small town, Texas, at his coffee shop where they meet up, you know, first thing in the morning, they all have their cup of coffee. And then that congressman or that Senate walks in wanting their vote, you know, when that farmer can actually look that person in the eyes and say, well, what about, you know, uh, post-decarboxylation? What are you going to do about that? Now, all of a sudden, that person's like, what? How do you even know about that? That that came from my pages. And oftentimes, those Congress people haven't heard the word post-decarboxylation. Uh, but yeah, so in, in educating all of them, it's it's all important. And it, it, we have to take it at every angle in order to, in order to steward the crop, as you know, because... Man, as long as that word post-decarboxylation or similarly reliable method is in black and white, we're and we need to change it. It's going to affect the farmer. And that brings me to really, you are just a, such a breath of fresh air because uh, grassroots activism is in the end who I'll always be, where I got my start from and, and even now though I get to work with with uh, different nonprofit groups um, that are funded and that have staff and lawyers which so help that activism and that important advocacy work in the end I'm a grassroots activist for hemp and that is what you are brother and I uh, just to be able to see um, really the light in your eyes the light in your heart when you speak about getting people together and educating them, or as I like to say, singing the song of hemp. Amen. And you are singing it and just, and the educating, I didn't know, I'm learning in this interview for the first time, um, that you actually also are had, had to educate farmers and on, on some level probably still will continue to have to do that as we break through the hysteria of 
no, this is a good crop. This is not the devil's yeah. lettuce. So it wasn't just, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't just folks coming to you and saying, Hey, help me fill out this application. I, I want to stick a pin in the fact that you were going, Hey, there's a new opportunity here. You should fill out this application and I'm happy to help you. So you really took this from the ground up and, and, and started to get farmers interest in the crop who weren't already interested. Yes, ma'am. They were they were curious, but they weren't interested because of the, if you really think about it. And, and, and I try my best to relate this point, you know, just like, you know, you know, starting back in 1937 is when this crop was first, you know, started to be demonized. And that was finalized, you know, with the placing of hemp on Schedule One narcotics, uh, along with marijuana back in 1969, 1970, with the passing of the Controlled Substances Act. Um, you know, it's like. I, I try to take I try to take a different approach when it comes to educating people because people have to have value. If they don't value what's going on, then you're not going to get that emotional buy-in that's needed, you know, to make things happen. And when I think about these people who got that bad mess, those kids that got those bad messages back in the day, where are those kids now? Those children are now those senators and those congressmen who we have to break through that stigmatism and you have to find a way to get more bees with honey than vinegar. And if not, I mean, let's just be real. They're old. Okay. They're going to stick their feet in the feet in their feet in the mud and they're going to hunker down and they're not going to change. If you don't know about how to go and deliver a positive message the right way and be a person of credibility along the way, because sometimes people will find out about your credibility before they know who you are. So if they value your credibility, then that's going to give you more leeway to get more things done with them later on. I am I am not a superstar by any stretch of the imagination, but here's what I am. I'm a dumb old Southern boy from Mobile, Alabama, number one. Number two, I did 21 years in the military and I, you know, actively, I, you know, uh, successfully, you know, navigated those muddy waters for 21 years. And I have not screwed anybody over during that time. You know, if I have screwed anyone over, if I know of it, I will apologize immediately because I know that that wasn't my intent. Now, if you did something dumb and I called you out on it, guess what? That's the way it should be because you were trying to hurt people, you know, but for the most part, I try to deliver a message that's credible and I try to bring, bring credibility to the table with me with everything that I do because I never know who I'm going to talk to later on or who is saying what about me. The only way I can control the message that people are saying about me is to put the right or originating message out there to begin with, to resonate with others. So that's that's what I try to do. You're just straight up, brother. You're just straight up. And uh, I think also, and and the fact that, as you say, so much of the work that you do is from your heart. It's not even to earn a dollar. It's to, nope. it's to literally have purpose and to, and to fulfill uh, this purpose that you've been handed by the plant, brother. I'm telling you, it picks yeah. people <laughs> and you've been picked. I got the bug, baby. <laughs> you really, really do. And I think, uh, and I know that there are some new conferences moving into Oklahoma. I just think you're such an important voice. Um, and and obviously such an important role in protecting the farmer and, and helping the farmer to navigate these waters. And you're based in Texas now, is that right? 
Yes, yes. I've been uh, I relocated to San Antonio, Texas about three, three and a half weeks ago. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a lifestyle that allows me to, you know, to, to travel a little bit, you know, and um, I'm pretty mobile. So, uh, you know, I actually decided to, to come to San Antonio. I, I love it here. I have really good friends here. So I uh, just wanted to come and reconnect, you know, with people. And I've got about close to 400 farmers, you know, in, in this area that are on my Texas page. And, uh, you know, I want to be able to, you know, be a little bit more interactive with them, maybe go out and visit a little bit, you know, here and there, uh, the ones that don't get on my nerves. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, help them out. And like I said, I know that sounds bad. That sounds horrible, you know, but I'm the honey badger. You know, I don't I don't have to deal. I don't have to deal with everyone. You, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in you go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. Yeah. And if people don't want me to be there, then I'm not going to be there. It's, it's OK. It's fine. You know, um, but I the people that do want me around, I will do my best to bring some amazing things into their life and some credible people their way that are not going to hurt them you know, with, with their crop, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one that tells them, Hey, don't do that deal because here's how it's, here's how it's going to screw you. Here's how it's going to come back and bite you, you know, later on. Or here's a corner for you to see around and this corner and this corner too. see around this as well. And, uh, well, I, I can't tell you just how thrilled I am to, to finally meet your acquaintance. It was just so wonderful to meet you in person. And yes, it was under COVID circumstances, but <laughs> socially safe uh, uh, traveling as we were filming for a docuseries. Uh, the yeah. two of us. Hey, I'm the one who owes you thanks because, you know, since you've come into my life, you know, I feel like I have another mentor, which is awesome. Mm. You know, told me about that other event, you know, coming up in Oklahoma that I wasn't even aware of. I did go on and register for that, by the way, Now, whether or not, whether or not they accept me or they want me, who knows, but I did go on and I did that, you know, with your advice, your recommendation. So I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you, you taking me under your wing, so to speak. And you know, just helping me, you know, grow, you know, in this space. Somebody's got to pass that torch and I got my hand out. I'm, I'm running full speed. My hand is out. You know, I'm ready to take it and, and keep running, you know, so. It's yeah. an honor. It is a pleasure. It's just a downright joy to know you. And I, I can't wait to, to watch James Johnson and JJ Grow Enterprises unfold. Um, and I think it's just infinite the amount of great, awesome work that you're going to be able to do in that region of the country and and in fact nationally well thank you i really appreciate that so important brother and if folks uh want to reach you also it's jjgrowenterprises.com am i right actually if they if they want they can email me at james j-a-m-e-s at jjgrow.com james at jjgro.com don't put the w on there james at jjgro That's the important one. And of course, we'll have your stuff up on the MJ Bulls website so folks can find out more about you there. James, I'm excited for our next encounter together. I'm just sending you second and third wins as you continue uh, to do the important work that you've been called to do, brother. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for hearing me. Where are we meeting next, girl? What are we doing? Man, I don't know. We did talk to talk to the incredible folks at Grow House Media, I think, for that. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. Deal. Fair enough. And when the uh and when the conferences start again, we'll end up seeing each other at a at a conference, I'm sure of it, James, and I can't wait. Let's let's go let's get on stage and do something silly together. 
Can't wait. Can't wait, brother. Sending you so much love, honey. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, Joy. Thanks for being with us. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.